back to Ronin Rabbit. This is a Usagi Ojimbo fan podcast. It is a spoiler podcast, to let you know that up front. I am your host, Ed Moore. Welcome back, everybody. Today we're going to talk about the Dragon Bellow Conspiracy Part 3, entitled Downpour, as it was presented, hopefully as it was presented, in Usagi Ojimbo number 15 from Fantagraphics, dated March 1989. Now again, my source material for uh, my reading and my discussion is the large hardcover two-volume special edition Usagi Ojimbo as put out by uh, Fantagraphics that covers the first, oh, I don't know, 25 or 30 of the uh, individual Usagi books. So I am reading from this. I don't necessarily have access to everything that may have been in the individual books as they were coming out, but I do try to look as many things up as I can to try to be as, uh, as informed as I can be. Now, the characters in uh, this particular part of the Dragon Bellow conspiracy story are uh, Maimoto Usagi. He is our uh, protagonist. Lord Tamakuro, who's probably the primary antagonist. Uh, that is arguable, perhaps, but I, I believe he's the primary antagonist. We also have Captain Turame, uh, Genosuke, Zatuino, Spot, Tomoe Ame, and Shinjin all make appearances. And as I've mentioned in the past, this uh, story, the Dragon Bellow Conspiracy, is bringing in to one story all of these uh, principal, secondary, and perhaps tertiary characters that Mr. Sakai has used in previous Usagi stories. So we're seeing them kind of all come together with Usagi as well in the stories. So this particular uh, story opens with Usagi dueling, as it were, uh, against uh, Tokohana, who is the best spearman in Lord Tamakuro's guard. And Usagi has recently joined the guard, and this is a probably a, a test-your-metal type of, uh, of duel that they're doing here. It's, it's definitely not meant to injure or to the death or anything like that. But as the two are fighting, uh, Lord Tamakuro uh, places a wager with his uh, next-in-line, Captain Torame, as to who will win the fight. Torame picks Usagi, but Lord Tamakuro picks Tokohana, because he is the best man that he has seen, whereas Captain Torame has seen something in Usagi's eyes that he hasn't seen in any of the other men that leads him to believe that Usagi has perhaps not just the physicality, but the will to win. So he accepts the wager, although in his position I doubt he would have been able to deny the wager kind of situation. When your king turns to you and says, I bet, I'm not sure that you're in a position to say no thank you. So, uh, At the end of the duel, we see that Usagi has won rather handily, uh, as, as it seems. Uh, Lord Tamakuro is very surprised, both at the fact that Usagi won, but the fact that Usagi caused him to lose a hundred Ryo, which was his wager to Captain Torami. And as they go off, the uh, defeated Takohana being carried out and Usagi uh, leaving under his own power. Captain Torami 
indicates that perhaps he would like to use Usagi, placing him in a leadership position over all of the ronin that has been called into the prefecture to uh, be the army that Lord Tamakuro is putting together. Lord Tamakuro tells Tommy, that's fine. If you see something in Usagi, go with it. Uh, set him up as uh, you know a leader, a field leader in, in some capacity, that's fine. And as Lord Tamakuro is leaving, he makes a mention that the storm is brewing up again. And he says to cancel the rest of today's matches. And we have several panels here by Mr. Sakai of a, a, a true storm across the land, but I also believe that this is again foreboding to the storm that is this entire story uh, that is that is being referenced in that almost throwaway kind of passage there too. So then we cut to um, a traveler's hut perhaps, uh, a temple of some sort. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what I should be looking at to determine what it is, but needless to say, uh, Ginosuke is here taking refreshment, relaxing out of the weather, along with two young ladies, perhaps they're geisha. My limited experience tells me that they are dressed as geisha should be, uh, but they may just be intended to be women that are, are happen to be traveling, two women, uh, which perhaps I find a bit odd in this time in this place that two women are just traveling together, but perhaps they did back then. But they shared a hot spring last story with Zato Ino, and they are telling uh, Genosuke that story as he is currently hunting Zatu. Genosuke being a bounty hunter, Zato Ino being a wanted uh, felon, so to speak. So, Genosuke is after him. That is the part that those two uh, secondary characters, backup characters in Usagi's previous stories are playing so far in this story. That's why they're here. So the uh, the two young ladies tell Genosuke that they had seen him in the hot springs just a, a little ways from here, you know, just a little farther down. He asks, well, do you think he's, you know, is there a chance he's still there? And they tell him, no, the reason we left was because the storm picked up too much and the hot springs were no longer enjoyable, even though they were warm, in this kind of weather. So... He curses himself and curses the world and curses all the gods and curses everything he can think of because Genosuke now goes back out into the storm to continue his hunt for Zatu, having, having picked up fresh spore via the information from these two young ladies. We cut back to Lord Tamakuro's fortress where we have a patrol uh, that is coming in out of the weather entering in, and as they're entering in, Captain Torame and Usagi from the heights are watching, striking up a conversation. Uh, Usagi basically is getting information from Captain Torame about what's been, what's what's going on, uh, trying to discern exactly what Lord Tamakuro is about, uh, how he's going to do it, uh, more specifics. Usagi has placed himself in this position, 
playing just the Ronin part, knowing that Lord Tamakuro was recruiting Ronin as his in into this situation that he's he's trying to uh, resolve or, or squash. He finds out uh, through the course of his conversation here with Captain Torami that Torami's family have been the retainers of uh, Tamakuro's house for eight generations. So that's roughly, what, anywhere from 100 uh, to 120, let's see, 80, 20, yeah, 100, 150, 160 years, like quite, a, quite a long time. And as they're discussing, uh, we see that perhaps something is going on behind Captain Tarame's eyes as well uh, in his head. He asks Usagi if Usagi remembers the riddle that goes, which more exemplifies Bushido, a samurai who serves a good and fair lord, or one who faithfully serves a wicked lord? Usagi indicates, you know, wow, that's way back. I haven't heard that since I was a child. And answers, the one who is loyal to his evil lord, of course. Loyalty is the first principle of Bushido. So, Torame follows up. Well, have you heard this one? Is there ever a circumstance when rebellion against one's lord can be justified? And Usagi immediately answers, never. And as he's leaving to carry on other duties, leaving Usagi behind, Torame responds, Ah, but it can be justified if the rebellion succeeds. Now, in my mind, um, I'm wondering if Torame is referring to Lord Tamakuro's rebellion against the throne of Japan, or is Captain Torame speaking of himself and his own thoughts about or against his lord, Tamakuro. Perhaps he is asking Usagi what his intentions are toward Lord Tamakuro, who is now his quote-unquote lord, via payment. Uh, he's not necessarily sworn the fealty that you would as a ronin, but money is that loyalty, and ronin pledge loyalty for money. So there's, I'm not sure, could be any of those, could be all three, could be none of those. So we'll have to see, but those are, those are the thoughts that struck me as I read that. Okay, now we cut to Zato Ino and Spot. Uh, Spot was, is, is a, a Tokage, uh, formerly Usagi's companion, but he asked Spot to stay with Zato, because Zato is blind, and he was kind of wanting companionship so he uh, Usagi asks Spot to be Zato's companion so now they travel together traveling in the weather uh, raining you can see that the rain is puddling and then just running off of both Zato and uh, Spot by the way the Mr. Sakai has drawn it Zato has a big leaf on his head to at least try to keep his head some dry and as they're walking along the path here they come up on a cloak that has been abandoned uh, on the path. And Spot finds it first, realizes what it is, takes it to Zato. Zato immediately realizes what it is and puts it on. We see that Spot notices something about the cloak, and as he's sniffing it, in his head he says, Usagi. Uh, this is the cloak that Usagi dropped 
the first time that he fought Shinjin, uh, after Shinjin thought that Usagi had wiped out his village here on the path. Uh, in the attack, Usagi leapt out of his hat and cloak as he was kind of using it as a disguise, but also to keep off the weather. Left it laying here after the battle and whatnot, and they, being Zato and Spot, have found it. So Spot realizes that it's Usagi's, that Usagi is nearby, and after sniffing it, he, he starts yanking on the cloak, as Zato has it on, and starts trying to run off, uh, barking back over his shoulder in kind of the traditional dog-follow-me kind of uh, signals, as made famous by Lassie. So, Zato does pick up on that and starts to follow Spot at a rather more rapid pace, um, as rapid as a blind sword's pig can go, as it were. So, cut back to Lord Tamakuro's fortress. Tamakuro and Torame are having a discussion about what to do with Tomoe Ame. Uh, she is not giving forth the information that they're trying to get from her, no matter the amount of torture. So Tamakuro finally says he's had enough. Kill her. Not just kill her, but crucify her. Uh, so Torame tells Tamakuro that he will do it immediately, but we have seen previously that uh, Torame is not perhaps 100% comfortable with that. He finds it a waste, uh, either a waste of her spirit perhaps a waste of her female flesh, as he is male. Um, not really sure, but he, he doesn't 100% agree with his lord in doing this. Elsewhere in the castle, in the fortress, we find that Usagi is continuing his search to try to locate Tomoame, another one of the things that he is there to do, because he knows that she has been snatched up and brought to this fortress. So he's uh, looking around. He comes upon a couple guards to a, a particular part of the palace, frightens them with the fact that he is in a leadership position and he has been told to do something by Captain Torame, the uh, head captain of Tamakuro's men. So he they, they um, acquiesce and allow him in. And as he's looking in this fortified area, he finds Ame. Uh, she recognizes him. He goes into the uh, the cell here where she is. They, she exchanges or not exchanges. But she gives him the story as far as what is going on, why she's there, and everything. With her last words being, "I'll be executed soon, but my life is not important." Tell Lord Noriyuki of Tamakuro's conspiracy. Please go. And Usagi is taken back by the fact that she wants him to leave her to these men to carry on this message. Well, as he's uh, reuniting with Ame, more of Tamakuro's guards come to these two that Usagi lied to, indicating that Lord Torame has told them to go get her. So they tell these new guards, oddly enough, there's already a guard in there with her, Everyone rushes in, finds Usagi in the cell with her, determines that he is up to no good, even though she is still uh, slunked over here in the corner, tied up and everything. I guess the fact that he is in the cell is a giveaway that he's a traitor. I'm not sure. but 
So they rush in. Usagi rushes them, kills them, frees Ame. And now they're uh, both going to try to escape. Ame very upset that because of their situation, what Usagi has done, they will now both be caught rather than him leaving her like he found her and slipping away, which would have been the much easier thing to do. So um, the attention is turned away from this jail section towards the front gate as more patrols are coming in, having uh, the, the constant patrolling of the area because Lord Tamakuro is up to no good and wants to ensure that everybody that does not belong stays away. So he has these constant patrols. Well, as these guards are distracted... Usagi and Ame light upon them. They get past those guards. They attack the patrol that has come in with the horses, claim the horses, and are now in the courtyard trying to get out the front gate. Captain Torame has heard. He rushes out and asks several of the guards what is going on, what's the commotion. One guard... I'm not who he is, I'm not sure who he is or where he's from, but he knows and tells Captain Torame that Usagi is behind trying to sneak out to Moe And uh, the captain is quite upset, exclaiming and cursing and all these other things. We cut back down to the courtyard where Ame and Usagi on horseback are uh, trying to escape. Usagi manages to fight his way through the front gate, but as he passes through the front gate, Tomo closes the front gate, trapping herself inside with all the guards, with Tomokoro's people, and Usagi outside, so that now he can go and warn Lord Noriyuki about what's up. So, Usagi continues. He, he realizes that there's nothing he can do. Uh, maintains his horse, rides through a, a fuselage, fusillade excuse me, of arrows here on the path. We cut to Tomoyame, who decides that she needs to be as big a distraction as possible, so she fights her way back into the fortress. She's riding her horse around in this fortress, jumps off the horse, runs into this one particular room, spies a trunk. Uh, over across the room, she pries up some boards in the room and leaves them up. And the men track her down, knowing that she has come into the fortress, this particular part of the fortress. You know, there's only so many rooms. They, they track her down, enter the room, and find that the floorboards in a particular section have been pried up. Uh, they send out men to uh, search wherever the underside portion may lead out to search for her. Captain Torame leaves mumbling about how useless the Ronin are, and as he's leaving, Tomoe Ame uh, checks to make sure it's all clear from inside the trunk, as she has hidden inside an empty trunk, rather than gone through the floorboards like she set up. That was a ruse. She was hidden in the trunk, so as of right now, she is still free. One of the patrols returning from outside see signal fires. Know that those particular fires signal that all borders be closed, so, as Usagi is rushing up upon them, they attempt to stop him, having just been given the order to prevent anybody from leaving, or entering, for that matter. Uh, Usagi lays upon them, hacking, slashing, killing, until one of them finally takes out his horse. 
and as the horse tumbles dead, Usagi is violently thrown from the horse at the mercy of the living guard horseman. As he's bearing down Usagi to finish him off, we see several shuriken fly through the air, killing this particular guard, killing the horse that he's on. And as Usagi stumbles to his feet uh, with the idea that he has to escape to get to Lord Noriyuki, but he crumbles because of the blow that he took to the head falling off of his horse, the last thing he sees is Shinjin standing over top of him, being the individual that loosed the shuriken on the guard to kill the guard, because, of course, Shinjin feels that it is his duty to kill Usagi, not anyone else's. Again, because he feels Usagi was responsible for the complete obliteration of his village, Shinjin's village, which we know is not the truth, because that was Lord Tamakuro's responsibility. He ordered that done as... The f uh, b because he found out that the, some of these ninja had been in his fortress, may have information about what he's doing, and he wants to squelch any of that getting out. So he tracked back the ninja that had been, had infiltrated his fortress to this village, wiped out everybody in the village to prevent this ninja, whoever it was. Um, I don't believe it was, Sh or it, it, actually, I'm sorry, it was Shinjin, uh, from telling anyone, but Shinjin was not in the village, so he was not caught up. But... He is the remaining, the sole survivor of his, perhaps, clan now, Shinjin is, um, and feels that the cause of that was Usagi. So that was uh, our story for this episode. Uh, next episode, we will be going over part four of the Dragon Bellow Conspiracy, entitled Thunder and Lightning, as was presented in Usagi Ojimbo 16, uh, from Fanographics, dated May 1989. Uh, not anything really new by way of terms or anything that I noticed in the story to add. Not any feedback this episode either. So I do want to uh, tell you how to, to contact me. Usagipodcast at gmail.com. Thereaderfeed.com is the website where the shows go up. Uh, want to thank the Usagi Ojimbo Dojo on Facebook for allowing me to post notice of the shows on their uh, Facebook page. So when Usagi Ojimbo goes live, that's where the notice is posted for Facebook peeps. But if you're a Usagi Ojimbo fan, you should be following them on Facebook anyways. And uh, the Ronin Rabbit is on Google+. And if you do want to leave feedback or say something on Twitter, uh, you can reach me through Teal Productions, uh, the, that Twitter handle, T-E-A-L Productions. That's for all the podcasts that uh, I and, and my peeps do. So thanks a lot for hanging in there and listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. Anything you want to add, please send me some feedback. I haven't gotten it in a while. Feedback's always good to have. And uh, otherwise, we will catch you next time for episode 28. Talk to you guys later. The Ronin Rabbit Podcast is a Teal production, and as such, is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution, Non-Commercial, Non-Derivatives, 3.0, Unported License. 